The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Welcome to Season 2 of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you find something interesting. Or maybe something spooky. Or maybe something just... Mysterious. Hello everybody, this is Terry from Texas with another episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments. This is going to be another in the series of haunted hotels, but we are winding down the series quickly, so let's get started. The Hotel Del Coronado on Coronado Island outside of San Diego, California. The familiar white buildings and red conical roof make this hotel very recognizable. It has been the site of filming of the movie Some Like It Hot starring Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon, and Marilyn Monroe. It has long been a place for Hollywood's and even the world's elite to gather, party, or just relax. But it has a bit of a shadow cast on its reputation. The suspicious death of a lady named Kate Morgan known as the Beautiful Stranger at the time of her death. The story goes that in 1892 a lovely but sad young woman showed up on Thanksgiving Day at the Hotel Del Coronado. She said she was waiting to meet a man there. While at the hotel, the young woman went into San Diego and purchased a gun. Five days into her stay, her lifeless body was found on the steps that lead down to Coronado Beach from the hotel. Her name was unknown, and my question is, didn't they have a register? They took a photo of the young woman and sent it around to various police departments to try to ascertain her identity. Eventually, word came back that her name was Kate Morgan, and that she and her husband were known con artists. 
It was reported that during the train trip to the hotel, she was seen arguing with a man and that the man had left the train, effectively deserting Kate. And so, Kate died alone. The coroner ruled suicide. But Kate never left the Hotel Dell, as it's known. In fact, between her and another suspiciously similar-sounding story about another woman who took her life at the hotel as a result of love gone wrong, Kate apparently gets the lion's share of the blame for any and all unusual happenings within the hotel, with a few scraps of blame thrown to the other woman. Earlier this year, 2018, the Hotel Del Coronado celebrated its 130th year in existence, and Kate watches on, perhaps waiting for her husband to come join her. The Chateau Marmont in West Hollywood, California. This hotel is perhaps known for it being the site in Bungalow 3 of the drug overdose death of actor John Belushi in 1982. The Chateau Marmont opened in 1927 and quickly became the place for the Hollywood elite to meet and eat and party. It still carries quite the reputation for celebrity parties. With the death of Belushi, the hotel seemingly gathered its own ghost. The more sensational of its hauntings came in 1999. A family was living in Bungalow 3 as their home was being renovated, and the two-year-old son would sit alone, laughing and giggling. When questioned what was so funny, he simply replied, The funny man. Sometime later, his mother was looking through a book about the hotel's celebrity visitors and came across the picture of John Belushi. The little boy perked up and excitedly said, The funny man, pointing to Belushi's photo. The Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. A two-year resident of the noted Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel was a young model and later movie star named Marilyn Monroe. She stayed there at the beginning of her modeling career, and of course she rose to fame and maybe infamy later on, and later still died of a supposed barbiturate overdose at the age of 36. Rumors abound of her romantic entanglements with both John and Bobby Kennedy, as well as well-publicized marriages that didn't last, and even more rumors ricochet about whether she died by her own hand or that of someone's hired fixer. Marilyn has been seen as a spirit at the Roosevelt Hotel, specifically in a mirror that used to be in the rooms she lived in, but has since been relocated to other parts of the hotel, as well as occasionally being placed on display in the hotel lobby. Actor Montgomery Clift also spent some time at the Roosevelt Hotel while getting prepared for his part as army boxer turned bugler Prue Pruitt in the movie From Here to Eternity. He was known to practice the trumpet while he stayed there. Montgomery Cliff died in 1966 from what can only be called an extended suicide that lasted several years. But he still hangs around the hotel. His spirit has been seen pacing the hallways outside the room he stayed in. He has been witnessed within the room itself and guests even report hearing a muted trumpet being played in the wee small hours of the morning. Perhaps it was a place of comfort for him. The Stanley Hotel. The Stanley Hotel was originally opened in 1909 by Massachusetts couple F.O. and Flora Stanley as a secluded grand mountain resort. Though the Stanleys have passed, many believe they never left. Mr. Stanley has been reported hovering behind employees at the reception desk guess he's checking up on their procedures and how they handle customers. And Mrs. Stanley can still be heard playing piano in the hotel's music room. 
We all know the Stanley Hotel as the place which inspired author Stephen King to write his horror novel, The Shining, in 1977, and that it inspired two different tellings of that novel, one for the theaters and one other for TV. When King and his wife arrived at the hotel, it was closing down for the season, and they were the only overnight guests staying there. They ate dinner in an empty dining room while pre-recorded orchestra music played before they retreated to their room on the spacious and eerily empty second floor. King woke up that night to a terrifying dream about his three-year-old son being chased through the corridors and screaming. King jerked up out of bed but realized it was a dream, so he went out on the balcony and lit up a cigarette, and the plot for his now-famous book shaped up. The room is thought to be haunted by Elizabeth Wilson, a.k.a. Mrs. Wilson. She was the hotel's head housekeeper and during a storm in 1911 was injured during an explosion as she was lighting the lanterns in room 217. She survived, although with broken ankles, and her spirit seems to be a regular in the room. Guests have reported items moved, luggage unpacked, lights being turned on and off. Oh, and Mrs. Wilson is old-fashioned. She doesn't like it when unmarried guests shack up together, so some couples have reported feeling a cold force come between them. You can soak up the same Rocky Mountain views that King got when he stayed there. An added amenity? The room has a library of King novels. From an architectural standpoint, the staircase between floors in the hotel's main guest house is a stunner. But the area has also been dubbed the Vortex, a natural spiral of energy. It is also known as the rapid transit system for ghosts that are known to haunt the hotel. There's a lot of paranormal hubbub said to be happening in this famed concert hall at the Stanley. Paul, one of the well-known ghosts haunting the Stanley, was a jack-of-all-trades around the hotel. Among his duties was enforcing an 11 p.m. curfew at the hotel. A few of Paul's antics are as follows. A construction worker reported he felt Paul nudge him while he was sanding the floors, and tour groups on the Stanley Ghost Tour have reported he flickered a flashlight for them. The area is also a favorite spot for hotel founder Flora Stanley's ghost to play the piano. Another ghost known to wander about Concert Hall is Lucy, who quite possibly was a runaway or homeless woman who found refuge in the hall. She entertains the requests of ghost hunters, often communicating with them with flashing lights. Stanley historians, however, aren't quite sure about her pre-death connection with the hotel. More than a century ago, the entire fourth floor was a cavernous attic. It is where female employees, children, and nannies stayed. Now, today's guest will report hearing children running around, laughing, giggling, and playing. Plus, there's a famous closet that tends to open and shut on its own in this room. Really, you get a badge of bravery for staying in any room on the fourth floor, but bonus points if you can book room 428. Guests have reported hearing footsteps above them and furniture moving about, but that's actually physically impossible given the slope of the roof, tour guides say. The real haunt in this room, though, is a friendly cowboy who appears at the corner of the bed. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. 
To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Leo Skeppy, and this is your official invitation to listen to my podcast, Aware and Aggravated. I discuss self-improvement beyond the surface level. I break things down psychologically, spiritually, and emotionally with some of the most unique and refreshing perspectives that I've ever found. And sharing them has changed so many people's lives already just from listening. I speak realistically with brutal honesty because that's what gives people the boost they need. A boost in confidence, energy, discipline, and overall acceptance and love for yourself. Everything is about to get better. So subscribe today. And aggravated. From antique mirrors and portraits, there's plenty to distract the eye on the grand staircase at the Stanley. But it could also be a popular passageway for the hotel's resident ghosts. In 2016, a visitor from Houston snapped some photos on the grand staircase and, upon returning home and reviewing them, spotted something at the top of the staircase. The thing is, he doesn't remember anybody else being on the staircase at the time he was taking the photographs. The ghostly image of a woman is at the top of the stairs. If you go on the 90-minute ghost tour at the Stanley, you don't have to be a hotel guest to get in on it, but you should book in advance. Your tour will come to an eerie halt at the end with a visit to the underground cave system. Workers moved about the hotel through the caves in the early days, so it makes sense that this is a popular haunt. Skeptics will pass off the haunts as breezes from the historic piping and ventilation systems, but beneath the hotel is a higher than average concentration of limestone and quartz, which some ghost hunters believe help capture energy at the property. The Driscoll Hotel, Austin, Texas. Jesse Driscoll is the mastermind behind the spectacular Driscoll Hotel built in 1886. The Driscoll Hotel features a bar, grill, and 189 rooms and suites for guests to enjoy. The wealthy and elite in society have been recipients of the top-notch services and luxurious accommodations this historic building has afforded them for more than a century. The Driscoll Hotel also offers guests something a bit darker. There is an abundance of reports of ghostly sightings and paranormal activity. One of the ghosts people have seen in the hotel is that of Jesse Driscoll himself. If on the off chance guests do not encounter his ghosts, they can see a large portrait of him by the staircase in the main lobby. Some people claim it is not wise to stare at him too long or you will feel as though he is staring into your soul. Some people have been so moved by staring at his portrait that they cry. People have also reportedly smelt the aroma of his favorite cigars when no one is smoking. One of the saddest stories dates back to 1887. A young girl died on the grand staircase when she was playing. It is not uncommon for guests and employees to hear the sound of her ball bouncing down the stairs, as well as her giggling. The Driscoll has also been the site of a handful of suicides. Room 525 apparently is the location of two brides who committed suicide 20 years apart. Some reports claim people can hear a woman crying in the room. Some wonder if one of the suicide brides, or possibly both, regret their decision. The hallway outside the room tends to be eerily quiet. Other reports, not associated with the suicide brides, includes people seeing random shadow figures, or ghosts, sitting in chairs around the hotel, or on balconies of the hotel. 
People have had the sensation of an unseen force touching their arms and sometimes their faces. There is no question the Driscoll is one of the most haunted hotels in Austin. The Baker Hotel in Mineral Wells, Texas. The Baker Hotel is currently closed and is undergoing renovation, but the hauntings began long before the doors closed. The story of the Baker begins in 1922 when citizens of Mineral Wells concerned that non-citizens were profiting off of the growing fame of the community's mineral water raised $150,000 in an effort to build a large hotel facility owned by local shareholders. They solicited the services of prominent Texas hotel magnate Theodore Brasher Baker, who gained fame by designing and building such grand hotels as the Baker Hotel in Dallas, the Hotel Texas in Fort Worth, and who managed the Connor Hotel in Joplin, Missouri. Architect Wyatt C. Hedrick based the hotel design on the Arlington Hotel in Hot Springs, Arkansas, which was known for its water and baths. Construction began on the hotel in 1926, but was stopped after Mr. Baker made a trip to California, where he visited a hotel with a swimming pool, and he decided the new Baker Hotel must have one in the front of the hotel. The swimming pool was placed on top of an already completed basement, which was used as a work area for the hotel and a changing area for guests. An Olympic-sized pool to be filled with the curing mineral waters, it was the first swimming pool built at a hotel in Texas. Construction began the following year on the grand and opulent structure, which was described by Palo Pinto County historian John Winters as a Spanish colonial revival commercial high-rise. It would eventually rise 14 stories over mineral wells, house 450 guest rooms, two ballrooms, an in-house beauty shop, and other novelties such as a bowling alley, a gymnasium, and that outdoor swimming pool. Completed three years later with a cost in $1929 of $1.2 million, the Mammoth Building instantly dominated the city skyline. The Baker Hotel opened to the public on November 9, 1929, and celebrated with the grand opening celebration gala two weeks later on November 22nd. It boasted extravagant creature comforts such as an advanced hydraulic system that circulated ice water to all 450 guest rooms. Lighting and fans were controlled by the door locks that shut off and on automatically when the guests left or arrived in their rooms and a valet compartment where guests could deposit soiled laundry that was accessible by hotel staff without them ever even having to enter the guest's room. The hotel was fully air-conditioned by the 40s, which added to its appeal as a top-notch convention attraction, offering a meeting capacity of 2,500 attendees, a remarkable number considering that Mineral Wells was home to only approximately 6,000 residents in 1929. Even though it opened mere days after the 1929 stock market crash, the Baker enjoyed immense success throughout the 30s, largely due to Mineral Wells' growing reputation as a top-tier health spa destination. Several notable celebrities made the Baker a temporary home during their visits to the city's health spas. The star-studded guest list included the likes of Glenn Miller, Lawrence Welk, Clark Gable, Judy Garland, and future U.S. President Lyndon B. Johnson. 
It is even rumored by local historians that legendary outlaws Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow may have spent a night or two in the hotel. T.B. Baker began to suffer financial difficulties in the early 1930s, eventually declaring bankruptcy in 1934. He passed control of the Baker Hotel to his nephew, Earl Baker, who had served as the hotel's manager as well as managing director of Baker's Gunner Hotel in San Antonio. It's funny how our stories intertwine. The Gunners connected to the St. Anthony, the Gunners connected to the Baker. Interesting. Despite its owner's financial problems, the Baker Hotel continued to thrive throughout the mid-30s. As the decade came to a close, however, Mineral Wells' reputation as a health spa was in decline. Advances in modern medication and the discovery of antibiotics such as penicillin began to lead local doctors, who had been encouraging patients to partake in the area's therapeutic waters, to invest more confidence in medicine. Business began to suffer until a second boom in the Baker's popularity began when the Fort Walters military base opened nearby in October of 1940. It was home to the largest infantry placement in World War II, and the hotel enjoyed its greatest popularity and success as a result. Throughout World War II, the transient and permanent population of mineral wells hovered near 30,000, a large number of them making their temporary homes in the Baker. After the war ended in 1945, Fort Walters was closed and business suffered. A smaller renaissance came in 1951 when the Walters facility was reopened as a helicopter base and the Baker hosted the Texas Republican Party conventions in 1952 and 1955. And the Texas Democratic Party held their convention at the Baker in 1954. Aside from these successes, business declined steadily through the 50s, and the proverbial final nail was driven by Earl Baker himself when he announced that he would be closing the hotel after the passing of his 70th birthday in 1963. True to his word, Baker shuttered the building on April 30th of that year, bringing an end to 30 years of service in mineral wells and surrounding areas. The hotel reopened in 1965 when a group of local investors leased the structure from the Baker family, but the revival would be brief and marred by the death of Earl Baker of a heart attack in 1967 after he was found unconscious on the floor of the cavernous Baker Suite. In 1972, the Baker closed its doors for the last time, and though several groups have tried and made offers to rehabilitate the structure, the most recent being 2008, the building sits vacant and deteriorating from the ravages of nature and constant threats of vandalism. The Baker Hotel was featured on the December 7, 2012 episode of Ghost Adventures. It was also featured on the July 21, 2010 episode 2.3 of Celebrity Ghost Stories with the story of actor Eric Balfour's paranormal experiences at the hotel. After this episode, he was also featured on the September 10, 2016 season 5 episode 6 of The Haunting of Eric Balfour. There are two main spirits that are blamed for the paranormal activity that is reported here, and both have been spotted on a number of occasions. The first is the ghost of a bloody nude woman up on the seventh floor, who many people have suggested could be the mistress of the one-time manager of the hotel, who is said to have jumped to her death from the balcony when she was no longer able to cope with the emotional turmoil that the affair caused. 
The other spirit is apparently the ghost of a man who was killed when he was caught in the elevator door. There are memories of times past at the Baker, particularly of the times immediately prior to and up to the end of World War II. Some of those memories were visible, as phantoms were seen around the hotel, possibly reliving good times they had at the hotel. Some appeared as they were when visiting the hotel, whole and good-looking. Others appeared as they had died, including at least one victim of an aircraft crash at nearby Fort Walters. Plans were announced in August of 2010 for Hunter Chase Private Equity to purchase and reopen the Baker with a proposed renovation budget of $54 million. Hunter Chase Private Equity and the Baker Hotel development team currently hold plans to bring the hotel back to life once financing and capital is obtained. Plans call to enlarge the current 400 plus rooms and bring the total number of rooms down to 155. The third floor will still be maintained as a luxury mineral spa. It is estimated the restoration will take approximately two years after groundbreaking. In 2014, citizens of Mineral Wells approved a measure to allocate a portion of the city sales tax to the renovation project that will provide up to $4 million for the $56 million project. The renovation team is currently working to obtain the remainder of the funding and have created a website to communicate with the public about the project. I say good luck to them. Well, that's it for this week. That's one of the bits of information about hotels that are reportedly haunted. Now, I have to make a clarification here. I don't say that I believe that these hotels are haunted. I don't say that I don't believe they're haunted. I just say this is what stories are told about them. And I report them to you to let you make up your own mind. Remember on Mondays to listen to Aaron Hunter as he presents listeners' stories and sometimes interviews on Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. On Tuesday, remember to listen to Aaron Frail as he presents Aaron's Horror Show. On Wednesdays, me, Terry from Texas, with Terry's Mysterious Moments. And on occasional Thursdays, Patrick Sean Jones presents The Sandman Lullaby. You can go to your app store, either on Apple phones or Apple devices or Android devices, and download the Real Paranormal Activity app. And you'll know it's the right one when it shows you the bright blue eye. And you can download that, install it on your device, and you can go straight to our podcasts. You don't have to go through a podcatcher to find them. You can go straight to them. They are available all over the place, but you can go straight to them without having to deal with an outside source. Well, that's what I have for this week, and I thank you for listening again. I should be wrapping up this hotel series next week. I will say that I've got one more. So I will say thank you again for listening this time, and I hope you come back next week. I hope you have a great week. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye.